Sermons from FBC Athens. Welcome to the weekly podcast of the sermons from Sunday worship at First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia. The title for the sermon from Sunday, December the 3rd, is Empty and Rejoicing, and is given by Matt Marston, Senior Minister at First Baptist. The scripture text is Luke 1, verses 39 through 56. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. Did you shop on Black Friday or Cyber Monday? I remember when Black Friday meant going early to Bed Bath & Beyond and fighting someone for a pillow. And now it's all online, both Black Friday and Cyber Monday. There was Giving Tuesday on Tuesday. They say that Black Friday, about $9 billion in sales. Cyber Monday, about $12 billion in sales. Giving Tuesday, pretty good, $3 billion. A pat on the back for you. They're not equal though, are they? We tend to spend more than we give, and we tend to give what we feel like is left over. Isn't that true? You meet your expenses and find out how much can we give. It's very different than what Lily just read. The rich he has sent away empty. The hungry are filled with good things, echoing the song of the prophets throughout the Old Testament. God's people were judged in the Old Testament. They went into exile primarily for how the poor and the downtrodden were treated. They worshiped great. They came to church 
Their robes were the finest polyester. (laughs) What was the problem? Well, they forgot, as we can forget, that each and every person, every person, is made in the image of God. So the way we treat our neighbors has a direct influence on our relationship with God. So Mary's just saying, the downtrodden are lifted up, and the mighty are cast down from their thrones, and the poor are filled up, and the rich are sent away empty. I want to talk about that encounter, the rich being sent away empty, and the poor, the hungry being filled up. So I'm talking about wealth, and this was not the plan to talk about this the day after the dogs lost, okay? I I was hoping everyone would be in a good mood, but just, here we go. What kind of encounter is this between the rich and the poor? Is it only a redistribution kind of encounter? Is Jesus, uh, as James Pike, who was an Episcopal bishop, said in 1967, literally, he said, Jesus was a revolutionary like the Viet Cong. I hope he managed the economy better than the Viet Cong did, because after communism was a disaster. But that was the thought. Or is Jesus Robin Hood? Steal from the rich and give to the poor. Some people would say, yes, that's what Jesus is all about. Others would say, "Eh, no, Jesus wouldn't break the Ten Commandments. How do we imagine this encounter between rich and poor? If it's revolutionary and redistribution, that gets the radicalness of what Mary says Jesus is going to be all about, what God wants. On the other hand, Poverty in the ancient world is not like poverty today. There was no middle class. The rich and the poor were miles apart, and the numbers weren't even close. Five, three to five percent were rich, 95 percent to 98 percent were peasants living hand to mouth, experiencing hunger on a yearly basis. It's a little bit different today. And to the revolutionaries, I think we can say that a lot of that has been because of market economies. Why do I say that? Did you know that one out of four children before 1950 died? One out of four children that were born. And that was an improvement. It used to be 50% of children died. Now... It's like 3%, and in the worst situation in the world in Somalia, it's about 14%. We have 7 billion people who are alive now, and less percentage-wise live in abject poverty than ever in history. So, before we just jump up and down and complain about capitalism somehow, we take into account that Capitalism, market economies have grown wealth and raised standards of living. And that is a good thing, I think. The other danger of just a redistribution idea or a revolution idea, a Robin Hood idea, 
is that it misses out on the fact that sometimes our helping hurts. Brian Fickert has written a book famously, When Helping Hurts. And he mentions in there, and countless stories, sometimes we get the incentives wrong. Sometimes in an effort to help those who are downtrodden, we can incentivize the wrong thing. And that can be a problem and actually keep people in terrible situations. And it's also true. If more conservatives emphasize personal sin, on, more on the left emphasize social sin, we got both. We have both personal and social sin. The other issue with this revolutionary idea is a kind of materialism that assumes more money fixes everything. I I think you can look at the history of kind of the welfare state and increasing spending and go, has it worked? Has Johnson's war on poverty been won despite the amount of money spent? So, I'd like to suggest that just a Robin Hood, a revolutionary encounter is not what Mary has in mind. It's not what Jesus enacted. But neither is it simply a charity encounter. In a charity encounter, the wealthy help the poor. They give of their excess to help somebody else. And giving and generosity are good things. But sometimes our helping can hurt. One of the things that Brian Fickert mentions in his book is one of the problems in really making an impact against poverty is the God-like image the powerful have of themselves. Now, most of us in here we could count, certainly by ancient standards, wealthy. Most of us spend money on things that 30 years ago would have seemed crazy. How about your cell phone bill? Do you see what happens with that? And we don't think anything about it. Sign me up. Add another line. Absolutely. I need something to do when I'm in line. I can't talk to anybody or have a moment's peace. We don't want that. One of the problems with a charity event, a charity encounter, is that the wealthy, those with extra, can feel like I'm doing good. I'm helping someone less fortunate, and we can kind of pat ourselves on the back. It's one of the reasons why I don't, and this is unpopular opinion, and you're free to disagree with me. I don't really like the phrase, being the hands and feet of Christ. I don't like that phrase because it assumes that as as I am giving, I, I am the hands and feet of Christ to the poor. Read Matthew 25. The poor, the needy, bear the image of the king. They are just as much the hands and feet of Christ to me when I give. I think that's a huge issue. 
The problem with a charity encounter is it kind of leaves everything the same and leaves us stuck in a kind of materialism that is hard to break out of, where we associate material wealth with our well-being, and we all do it. When the economy is doing well, how happy are Americans? Very. Why? Because if I'm not feeling good, I can shop. Did anyone do it last night? I did. Team I wanted to win loses. What do I do? A little instant retail therapy to go to sleep. (laughs) Well, that leaves us stuck in the similar kind of materialism, and it makes, it can make us blind to social sin. Personal sin, social sin, it's all together. What kind of encounter is Mary singing about? Is it Robin Hood? Is it just charity? I think it is actually an encounter of community. The rich are sent away empty, not as punishment, not because they've been bad. We can be, we all can be, but because they've been set free to share. I view this encounter of rich and poor in Mary's song as one of new community, real sharing. In When Helping Hurts, they say that the most important thing in any kind of fight against poverty is for those with means to see that fight as about our own brokenness too. It's not just that we are helping someone who is broken. We have a human condition of brokenness. We all need help. We all need to be transformed in that encounter. And that means that when we do good, the vision of Mary, and I think the ministry of Jesus shows the creation of new community. That means something else than just writing a check. It also means something else than what we can do, think laws need to change to redistribute somebody else's wealth, but not mine. It's easy to want to redistribute somebody else's wealth, but not ours. What I think the call is, the Advent call, the call of God, is to new community where the wealthy, when we give, we are sent away rejoicing, not because we've done good, but because God is good, because we've been set free to honor the image of God in someone else. And that means that all of our work ought to lead to friendship, friendship across economic lines. I was asking someone in a recent conversation I was having who was very passionate about helping the poor, that's great. I said, how many names do you know? How many names do you know of people who are actually and permanently poor? It's why uh, Madison's not here, but Family Promise, the emphasis uh, that Madison is leading that group in that important work is not just on helping, it's about forming new relationships. We're going to have new opportunities for you to volunteer with Family Promise. 
And it won't just be so you can do good. It's also so you can encounter God in a new way there. This new community is what we have seen in beautiful relationships that have formed in our church. Think about the disciples class and John Triplett and the work of Connie and Marcia and Al Henderson especially. At John's funeral, held in this room, Al spoke and he said, John wasn't perfect, but he was my friend. Our own Doug Dillard, who holds illicit fish fries in the kitchen, It's a wild time. People are cooking. Dogs are running around. Doug will say about those who have no homes that he helps. He'll say, they are my friends. They are my friends. In the encounter of rich and poor, it's not just about fixing social issues, and that's important. We need new options and new thinking. Pray for it. The options on hand are not satisfactory, I don't think. It's also not just about things going along as usual and me feeling good about redistributing a pretty meager portion of my income or my wealth. It's about new encounters new friendships where we all encounter God in each other. And while we might be sent away empty, we will be sent away rejoicing. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons from FBC Athens. Join us for worship in person or our live stream Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. God's grace and peace be with you today, tomorrow, and always.